Get ready for certified USDA prime gun stuff on the Gun Guy TV podcast. Hi, this is Joel Persinger. I'm the Gun Guy. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast and supporting Gun Guy TV the way that you do. Now, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time and you're listening to the syndicated version of it, you will notice that this is not episode one. (laughs) The reason for that is that I've been doing the podcast for quite some time on Patreon, specifically for my Patreon patrons, and this is the next podcast in that logical run of podcasts. The difference is that now I'm starting to syndicate the first part of the podcast so that anybody can listen to it anywhere in the hope of doing a few things. One is promoting the YouTube videos and the videos I have on Vimeo and Gun Guy TV and uh, BitChute, which I always have to say carefully, and um, other places, uh, Daily Motion being among them, and then also the Utah Gun Exchange. The videos that I have there, there's, I don't know, three or 400 of them and the subscribers on YouTube, I want to promote that as best I can by using this syndicated podcast and at the same time increase the outreach of Gun Guy TV and the pro-Second Amendment platform that we have. So as a result, I'm now syndicating the first part of this podcast, and then if you want to hear the entire podcast, then you can go to Patreon and become a patron there. So the first half an hour of the podcast will be here and syndicated, and then the remaining part of the full podcast will be on Patreon. Now, if that makes absolutely no sense, then it's probably because I didn't describe it very well. I'll try to do that a little bit better as we go. Now, if you are listening to the syndicated or I guess on Patreon, either way, there are other ways that you can help support Gun Guy TV if you'd like to do that. And one of the easiest and probably least expensive ways for, uh, from your perspective is to shop Amazon using our Amazon link. Because obviously, if you shop Amazon, uh, you're just the only thing that happens is we get a little commission. It doesn't cost you anything. Your price is the same. Your Amazon Prime works and special shipping works and all that kind of stuff works exactly the same way. Nothing changes for you, and it doesn't cost you a dime, but you get to pick uh, Amazon's pocket a little bit and help out a pro-Second Amendment uh, video producer and blogger and podcaster, I guess, at this point. So hopefully that explains all of that. There are a few things I want to cover in this podcast that I think are kind of interesting. Just the other day, uh, on July 10th, as a matter of fact, a couple days ago, two or three days ago, whatever, an article came out on the website for Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. And you're probably aware of the fact that the American Medical Association and a great many physicians are doing everything they can to oppose gun ownership. In fact, if you go to your doctor, they'll ask you, do you own a gun? And then pester you to death if you say yes. And they'll ask you if it's locked up and all these nosy questions your doctor wants to ask you. Frankly, I don't think it's your doctor's business to ask you those questions, but they'll want to ask them anyway. Well, this article came out from this group of doctors who are very pro-Second Amendment. And it's about red frag, red flag laws. Red frag laws, I started to say. I do feel like I'm being fragged by all of this, actually. But red flag laws or gun violence restraining orders, you hear about those a lot. And so let me just read you a little bit of the article because I found his point of view to be exactly on point. 
So here's how the article starts. Red flag laws or gun violence restraining orders are becoming increasingly popular among opponents of the right to keep and bear arms. Politicians from both major parties seem anxious to use these laws to strip Americans of their right to armed self-defense guaranteed by the Second Amendment, as well as their right to due process guaranteed by the Fifth Amendment. The premise of these laws, the article says, is that individuals who are believed by others close to them to present an imminent risk for committing suicide or violence against others can be stripped of their right to have firearms. Typically, such action requires just a complaint subject only to judicial review and without informing the subject of the complaint or allowing him or her the opportunity to respond prior to firearms confiscation, which, by the way, as an aside from me, is wholly and completely unconstitutional. Now, again, back to the article, if approved by the judge, armed government agents are dispatched to seize firearms from the accused. These GVROs allow government intervention based on the suspicion and claims of laypersons. The article makes it very clear by saying even experienced professionals specializing in mental health have extremely limited ability to, re to uh, reliably gauge suicidal risk. Family and law enforcement officers with little to no training have even less chance of making accurate predictions. So here you are in a situation where the your your grandma, your aunt, your neighbor, whatever, can simply contact law enforcement and file a complaint that they think you might be suicidal or harm someone. The judge looks at it and off they go, even though doctors who have written this article have made it very clear that educated, experienced professionals in the field of mental health cannot make some such predictions accurately. And indeed, California for the last 50 years, by the way, has had a law, uh, the 5150 code in the Welfare and Institutions Code, that allows for someone to be institutionalized for 72 hours for, for, uh, for evaluation. That, that's been around forever. So why go and take someone's guns just to take someone's guns when you could institutionalize them for 72 hours to check them out and see if they really are a problem before you do anything? It's very, very interesting to me that they're going down this path. I think they're going down this path for a specific reason. It has nothing to do with the safety of the public, and it's another reason which this article actually points out. So I read on here, while firearms and handguns in particular are the most commonly used weapons in the United States by those committing murder or suicide, about one-third of all homicides and about half of all suicides in this country are completed without the use of firearms. That leaves all the knives and sharp implements and clubs and whatever else they may have available to them to commit suicide or harm someone else. He gets down to boiling this down to something I think is very interesting. He finally says at the end, this is, this is kind of in the middle of the article, and I'll put the link up if I, if I can figure out how to do it so that you can look at the article yourself. This is a quote from the article. This incongruity begs the question as to why politicians and other gun grabbers' chosen remedy is to seize guns. The only logical conclusion is that their primary goal is not to protect people, but rather to use the excuse to confiscate firearms. Now, that's a quote from the article. That is a quote from an article written by physicians on doctors for responsible gun ownership. I was actually stunned, frankly, to read that because I, I don't know about you, 
But I've been thinking that, and not only have I been thinking that, I've been saying it for quite some time. The whole concept, the whole uh, desire of politicians and corporations and all these folks who are screaming for these uh, gun restraining orders or gun violence restraining orders and these red frag, frag laws, red frag laws, I keep wanting to call them that, red flag laws. I, keep, I do feel like I'm being blown up by the stupid things. These red flag laws, the whole idea is not to help prevent violence. It has nothing to do with that. There are many, many ways that we can take to do that without stomping all over the Second Amendment, without crushing the rights of law-abiding people, and without not only stepping on the, 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 the Second Amendment, but the Fourth Amendment against unlawful search and seizure, the Fifth Amendment guarantee to due process, the Sixth Amendment, which guarantees your right to counsel during any sort of legal uh, criminal proceeding, all of these different things that guarantee you your rights are being stomped on by these very laws, and it's completely unnecessary if what you're trying to do is prevent violence. But it's totally necessary if what you're trying to do is control people is take firearms away from law-abiding firearms owners. That's the goal. It's not to stop violence. And I think that has become more and more clear to me as I have watched politically these kinds of initiatives, if you want to call it that, grabbed by the anti-gunners and the incredible uh, socialist liberal left. The idea is control. It is not uh, you know, peace and happiness and, and, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's all about, uh, they, these folks simply do not want the opposition. This is why these things happen on YouTube where they, the other day, YouTube flagged one of my videos and deleted it. And it's ridiculous. I've watched the video. There's no reason to delete it. They say it's because it's about selling guns. It wasn't. I actually went to a little firearms uh, manufacturer at the time that's not far from where I live, and uh, they're, they're, they don't manufacture guns anymore because they just couldn't make it go. But it was a very interesting little tour of their machine shop and their manufacturing facility, and they to be able to see the machines actually make the firearms and get the explanation from the, uh, the engineer there and the machinist there and the designer as to how they did it and why they did it the way they did it. It was fascinating. It was very interesting. I've seen a lot of, of things like that where television people have visited various different firearms makers and, and done these kind of tours, and that's essentially what the video was about. But since YouTube didn't like, doesn't like guns, they said, no, no, that's about selling firearms, and they deleted it. Now, I challenged that, and they came back. It was interesting. I challenged it, and like three minutes later, they came back and said, no, we've reviewed it. And uh, that, no, the, ch the challenge is, is, is void. The thing is still deleted. Any, any uh, dings on your account are going to be there. They didn't change a thing. Now, what's interesting is they responded to me within three minutes, but the video is 20 minutes long, which means they didn't review it. They just responded and didn't even bother to acknowledge my, my request for them to review it because it doesn't violate any of their policies. This gets right back to this whole red flag type thing and the desire of anti-gunners and the incredible liberal left to have control. They want to control what you think. They want to control what you can watch, what you can read. They want to control what you can have, how you can have it, when you can have it. That's what that's all about. Now, I don't know about you, but I've become, as I'm getting older, I'm in my 60s, I've become more and more libertarian as time has gone by because, frankly, I, I'm all about being 
able to do the things I wish to do and having the freedom and liberty to do them and not have somebody control the things I can read and the things I can watch and the information that's available to me. Or for that matter, not being able to control how or when or, or why I possess a firearm or any tool, for that matter, with which I might be able to defend myself or my loved ones, or for that matter, be able to throw off a tyrannical government, which is why we have the Second Amendment in the first place. So seeing this article written by physicians, to me, was quite refreshing. I have not seen a doctor's group come out and say, the true reason for this is simply to take firearms away from the law-abiding. I have never seen that before in print written by doctors. Now, it may be there, but this is the first time I've seen it. The title of the article is Red Flag Laws Are False Flags, and it is on the website for Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. If it's possible, I will put the link in the description for this podcast. If for some reason I can't figure out how to do it, at least now you know what it is. Now, look, we've talked about um, the Amazon thing that you can do to help out Gun Guy TV, but there is something else you can do, and that is to take a look at one of our sponsors, which is Second Call Defense. Now, I did search out these kinds of self-defense coverage companies, and I found a bunch of them. There's uh, NRA Carry Guard, and then there's the USCCA, and there's I think there's another one. I can't think the name of off the top of my head. And then there's Second Call Defense. And in the process of doing the shopping for myself and my family, I chose Second Call Defense because at the time that I studied it out, they were the best option. There was a few reasons why for that. But I mean, one of the reasons was I needed some a company that was going to front the money ahead of time, not reimburse me after I sold my house and everything I own to pay all the legal fees to defend myself. And what I found is that some of them are insurance-based and that they do not front any money. What they do is they will reimburse you for the expenses of defending yourself if you are, and only if you are, successful in defending yourself so that you aren't prosecuted or found liable in a, in a civil suit. Well, that doesn't help me. Good grief. Like I said, I'm in my 60s. What am I going to do? Close out my retirement account, sell everything I own, and then what? Now you're going to reimburse me, but I've already lost everything. That's, that's a mess. And then I only get reimbursed if I'm successful and I win. That didn't help me at all. What I found is that Second Call Defense is a foundation. They front the money. You never have to pay it back. And that doesn't matter whether you're successful or not in court. So that was the key for me. And there are some other things about them that I liked as well. So I urge you to check out Second Call Defense. If you would do that through our link, then if you decide to choose Second Call Defense as your, as your uh, self-defense and concealed carry or home defense insurance, then we benefit a little bit. We get a little marketing fee from that. So I wanted to be honest with you about that. So it, look for it in the description of the podcast. And if not, if you can't find it there, you can go to our website at gunguy.tv or gunguytv.net or gunguytv.com. All of them will take you there. And there is a big ad there on the right-hand side for Second Call defense. The opinions expressed by the gun guy are always right, unless they're wrong. Now, before I get into this next subject, which is uh, going to be a touchy one, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. I got to tell you some interesting things I've discovered. You know, I'm, I'm getting to be an old dude. And I'm, I've got a, uh, a couple of real close friends in church that have invited me to go javelina hunting in uh, Arizona. 
in February. So I'm going to go with them and go do that. And then, of course, I've got SHOT Show coming up here in a week or so in Las Vegas. I think this is my 10th SHOT Show. I'm not sure, but I think it's my 10th SHOT Show. And my son and I will be going. We'll be doing some special short podcasts uh, that won't, they won't be syndicated. They'll be on Patreon only. And then we'll be doing some, uh, so if you're a Patreon patron, you'll be able to see those little audio podcasts we'll be doing. And then we'll also post some images and so on, on Patreon as we're during, as we're there during the show. And we'll catch up on video and some other things about the show and the coverage of the show, uh, on YouTube and Vimeo and daily motion and the various video platforms when we get back. But then again, in February, as I said, I'm going hunting with these guys. And one of them is, I think he's, uh, about 10 or 15 years younger than me. And I, he and I, his name's Zach and Zach and I have hunted together a lot. And I, I really enjoy hunting with Zach. The thing is though, he's about half my size and he's a lot younger. So he's full of a lot of piss and vinegar. I haven't got, and he can, you know, hike around and buzz around and like that. And I'm this big lumbering, lumbering 230 pound Hulk. And you know, it takes me a while to get to places. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm starting to load up my gear, right? Because he's telling me we're going to do all this hiking and we're going to do all this crazy uh, stuff that we're going to do to go get these javelina. And and I'm thinking, okay, if I make it, it'll be great. If I expire right there on the ground, uh, then just leave me there and something will eat me, I'm sure. (laughs) That'll be the end of me. Well, I'm looking at at hiking sticks or, or shooting sticks or whatever, kind of a combo thing I'm trying to find. And I bump across this video of this gentleman with this outstanding Scottish accent, which I cannot uh, repeat other than to sound like Scotty from the from the old uh, Star Trek show. You know, that's about the best I can do. Captain, the dilithium crystals are about to blow. <laughs> Beyond that, I, I can't do a Scottish accent. And I'm not sure I did just then. But anyway, he has a great Scottish accent. He's got his stick, the walking stick, and his rifle. And he explains that, you know, a lot of people make the mistake of putting the stick on the ground and trying to set the rifle on top of it. And it just doesn't work very well. So he says, let me show you a little trick. And he puts the end of the stick in his front pocket, pants pocket. And he's right-handed, so he does it in his front pants pocket on the left-hand side. And so the stick is now in his pocket. He's got it angled away from him at about a 45-degree angle with his hand on the top of it. And he rests the rifle between his hand and the stick. And so now you have this wonderful support, this 45 degree support into your pocket of this stick with the rifle. And he says, you know, it's extremely stable and it's super mobile. Well, I'm like, I got to try that. So I went and got a, a walking stick, grabbed a rifle out of the safe. I'm standing in my office looking like an idiot because my family's walking by going, what are you doing? (laughs) There I am with a stick in my pocket and it's 45 degrees off and I've got the rifle up there and I've assumed a a shooting position and that is as solid as a rock. I got to tell you. So I'm going to try it when we're out uh, shooting javelina. If I have to take a standing shot at any long distance, I'm going to see how well that works. And I'm going to try it in some other positions, seated and so on, and see if I can arrange that stick in, in such a way that it helps me. And if it all works out, then I'll, I'll do a YouTube video on that very thing because that was really, really fascinating to me. I've never seen that before. Maybe you have. But i got to tell you, I, I was just really blown away by that simple, small little tip from this old Scotsman who's probably been hunting since he was a small child. And uh, to that uh, little thing that he did, that was probably just natural for him. And so he's like, oh, well, let me show you this little trick. And it was, it was just a world's difference for me. Well, anyway, all right. So I don't know why I was telling you that. Just kind of an aside, I guess. Uh, let me talk to you briefly about the NRA and 
you know, my, my thoughts on that. There is a, well, to put it mildly, and I've moved my coffee over here a little bit, to put it mildly, I am somewhat uh, overwhelmed by the number of people who have urged me to bag the NRA. They, they, they want to rag on the NRA all the time, and they're constantly going after the National Rifle Association about this and that. And these are gun owners. These are not anti-gun people. I mean, I expect it from people who are anti-Second Amendment people. I don't expect it so much from folks who are hunters and gun owners and concealed carry people and people who are you know, active in their pursuit of saving the Second Amendment, and yet they're ragging on the National Rifle Association. Look, I so I'm just going to put it to you this way. First of all, there's a great article that explains a lot of this in uh, Ammoland. So if you look at Ammoland's shooting sports and news, there's a great article entitled Pro 2A NRA Haters. Here is an FYI for you. Uh, great article. I'm trying to see if I can find it who wrote it. Uh, written by Dwayne Liptek. I do not know who Dwayne Liptek is, but he is apparently a board member of the NRA. So I would say if you get a chance to read it, you should. And it would be... Um, it would be great if you can leave the emotion, you know, kind of set your emotions aside and set your bias aside and just read his point of view because it's very, very compelling. One of the statements he makes, and let me see if I can find it in the article. I don't want to read you the whole article, but one of the statements he makes is, is I thought, um, very good. He says this, um, let's see, let's, let's see if I can get to it here. He says, the NRA is not just your best defense. They are your only defense. Now, I'm going to pause there and say, before you have a knee-jerk reaction to that, just let me read the rest, okay? So, you know, before heads explode, let me, let me get through the rest of it here. FP, going back to his article again, I'll just read that part again. The NRA is not just your best defense. They are your only defense. FPC, that's the Firearms Policy Coalition, does fantastic legal work, as does SAF the uh, Second Amendment Foundation, and Alan Gottlieb over there, whom I, I just love Alan. He's a great guy. GOA, Gun Owners of America, is great at grassroots email activation, and they file some amicus briefs and lawsuits. All of them have zero capability to interact with lawmakers in a meaningful way, more than me running down to D.C., which I do a couple of times a year. That's what he said. I don't go to D.C., but, I mean, it, it doesn't help a lot, right? And then going on, no one else does, period. And that's why I'm on board with, the, uh, with helping steer the NRA rather than bash it. Now, that's a great point, and I, I wanted to drive that point home a little bit, if I could, in this little section of the podcast, because I think it's important for us to remember. Look, I... You know, I'm in, I'm in San Diego, California, as you may or may not know. And so living in California, uh, if you're a Second Amendment person as I am and, you're a, and you carry a gun every day as I do and you are a firearms instructor, which I am, and you own a training company, which I do, and you teach the concealed carry courses for the Sheriff's Department, which I do, and you are an avid Second Amendment advocate, which I am, and you live in California or New York or some other restrictive state, it is a very tough thing to do and not inadvertently find yourself on the wrong side of the law and getting arrested. And constantly you are in, 
I, I am. I'm just going to tell you right now. Constantly, I am beaten up by anti-gunners, and at the same time, I am constantly beaten up by pro-Second Amendment people. I take a beating. I recently had a, uh, a guy, I, I was just stunned, he donated $500 to Gun Guy TV to help us with equipment and that kind of stuff, and I thanked him profusely. His name is Gary. I was just really thrilled that he did that. And, uh, and he said, well, you know what? I, I appreciate that you are standing out front taking all the arrows. And I told my wife that, and she said, yeah, you take a lot of arrows. And I do. And un- unfortunately, the arrows are not just from the enemy. The arrows are also from people who are pro-Second Amendment people. I take arrows because they hate California. I take arrows because I encourage people to obey the law and then work to change it through the system rather than disobeying the law. I take arrows because I try to explain the law to Californians, and I have guests come on my show like Sam Paredes from Gun Owners of California and Rick Travis from California Rifle and Pistol Association and and, uh, Dan O'Kelly, who's a retired ATF uh, special agent and supervisor and those folks come on my show regularly to explain the law to americans and to californians so that they can abide by it while we try working diligently to change it now i think it's ridiculous that i take a beating from gun owners but the fact is i do nra does as well one of the one of the things that Sam Perez at Gun Owners of California has said so many times on my show and just in conversations we've had that I think is brilliant and is repeated here in this article is that each one of these organizations does something really, really well. Now, the truth is Alan Gottlieb at Second Amendment Foundation is a fabulous attorney. He's, he's just a great little guy. I mean, he's half my size. He's got a bow tie and he's kind of a nerdy fellow, but I love him. He's great. Well, you know, I had the opportunity to meet him at shot show a couple of times. And he came on this, you know, he, I interviewed him once. He's just a really great guy. I like him a lot. And he's, he's, he's a terrific individual who loves the second amendment, loves the constitution, and they do phenomenal work in court, but that's it. They don't, they're not lobbying. They're not, too, I mean, their specialty is lawsuits and that's what they do. Firearms Policy Coalition, same thing. Now, they work, they try to lobby. I'll give them that. They really do. But they really don't have the personnel or the money or any of that stuff. They do, a, But they do great legal work. They really, really do. Gun Owners of America, I got to tell you, I love them. By the way, I am, a, I am a, a, a life member of the Second Amendment Foundation. I am, uh, you know, I'm a member of, of, of gun owners of California. I'd be a life member if they offer it. They don't. So, you, you know, I'm a life member of NRA as well, and I'm a life member of California Rifle and Pistol Association. This year, my goal is to become a life member of GOA and a, and a member of Firearms Policy Coalition. So I go out of my way to become a member of these organizations to support them because I know they all do work individually, which is key to the Second Amendment that we cannot do without them. GOA, as this article said, is extremely good at grassroots uh, activation, getting their million or so members to get on that phone, send in that email, send in that mail, go to that rally. They do that extraordinarily well. They also write some great amicus briefs. In fact, even Gun Owners of California, which is the California affiliate of Gun Owners of America, that's Sam and Laura Paredes over there, and Sam is awesome. And he's up there lobbying at the capital of California all the time as best he can. But what they really, really, really do well is grassroots activation and amicus briefs. They do that extremely well. Are they great with federal lawmakers? 
No. Do they have the wherewithal or power to do that? No. Do federal lawmakers listen to them? No. They really don't. I mean, they'll go talk to them, but they really don't have an effect. The National Rifle Association is the best at that. Of all of those organizations, NRA is absolutely the most powerful lobbying organization for the Second Amendment that there is. I don't agree with them all the time, but i got to be honest with you, I support a lot of what they do, and they do a phenomenal job at it. So here's the thing. I, I think, and, and then I'm going to wrap it up with this, I think we do ourselves an incredible disservice when we are fighting amongst ourselves. We, we shouldn't be. Look, we're a family here. We're a family of Second Amendment advocates. Some of us hunt and don't worry about self-defense. Some of us are all about IPSC and, and uh, com, you know, and, and uh, three-gun and competitive shooting, and that's what we want to do, and we don't hunt and we don't care about the hunters. Some of us are all about concealed carry and home defense and defensive stuff, and we don't care about the hunters or the competitive folks. You know, I get it. Some of us are all about shotgun sports and don't care any, about anything else. Okay, but we're all part of the firearms community. And just in the same way, while one organization is good at one thing and the other organization is good at another thing, you know what? We can support one another, and we should. The last thing we should be doing is backbiting. The last thing we should be doing is tearing each other down. I, I'm just going to say it this way. The last thing gun people should be doing is picking on me. They do it all the time. And that's fine. I got broad shoulders. I'm not, you know, I'm not thin-skinned. I got it. I can take that. It's not a problem. But it's, it always strikes me as being self-defeating, because what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I don't get, I don't make a living doing this. I spend my extra time putting together podcasts and videos and so on. I make a living running practical defense systems. That's what I do. My wife and I own that company. That's what I do for a living. I don't do this for a living. So when I get picked on, I mean, it, I could just say, "Oh, well, I'm going to take my ball and go home," because I don't need this. <laughs> you know, President Trump doesn't need to be president. He makes a living doing something else, right? I, I make a living doing something else, so I don't have to do this to make a living. And so I don't have to. Uh, the nice part about it is I don't have to worry about whether I make somebody mad or not or whether somebody pulls the plug. But at the same time, while I can be honest and diligent and do my best to do this, I'm also in California and people hate that, so they get mad at me. NRA isn't perfect any more than I am. They do some things I don't agree with. They also do some things that I probably would agree with if I clearly understood the reasons why they did it. I don't know about them all, but I do know, and I, unfortunately I can't think of any at the moment, but I have been aware in the past of things that publicly NRA supported because they were the less of many evils. Because by supporting that, they, they staved off horrible things that could have destroyed the Second Amendment. And that was the, they had to hold their nose and kind of support one thing in order to avoid the other. Because had they just come out and said, we're not supporting any of this, the worst of the worst would have happened. And there's a whole long list of those. And, you know, that's inside baseball, I guess. And I don't necessarily know what's going on in there. Well, you don't either, probably. Sometimes we, you know, we have to put our trust in these organizations, even if we disagree with them. I think NRA is one of those. If we by virtue of our complaints and boycotts and so on. If we kill the National Rifle Association, I'm going to tell you right now, you've just killed the Second Amendment too. Now, that's, that's just my personal view. The National Rifle Association, whether you agree with them all the time or not, and nobody does. I don't agree with, this, I don't agree with uh, GOA all the time either, by the way, but I, but I support them and I think they're awesome.
But the NRA is the big one, and without them, we're sunk. So let's not kill them, shall we? Let's keep supporting them as best we can. Now, if you're listening to the syndicated part of this podcast, I've gone a little long. I apologize. Thank you very much for listening, uh, and look for the new one. I do these twice a month on the 5th and the 20th. I had to think about it on the month as they'll be syndicated. Uh, This one's coming out a little bit early for syndication because I'm trying to get the syndication set up, but the next one will be uh, on the 5th again and then on the 20th of each month. So you'll be able to look for them then, and they should be syndicated on a whole bunch of different places. If you're on Patreon, stick with me because we'll be right back. You've been listening to the Gun Guy TV podcast. 